0: by the wolves was by the was by the all right folks we are back with another edition of the red my podcast I'm your host Evan here with will it's Miami game week It's actually tomorrow. We're a little late with this. Will's been out scouting signs for the Miami Hurricanes, like uh, Connor Stallions. Will, how you doing? I'm good. Did uh, did I blend in well on the sideline? I mean, your leopard skin pullover looks. I mean, you can't even tell. Can't even see it.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's a unique look. You know, what can I say? I can't believe he was on the Central Michigan sideline. What a wild twist! I can't it's, believe Isn't that. that weird? It was the Central Michigan game,
0: and he's like in a fucking disguise wearing glasses that people are speculating now are um, the recording glasses that you can wear.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's game this out. How does no one from Central Michigan know that there is a random stranger on the sideline standing like right there next to you? Doesn't that seem really know. hard to believe? It all seems hard to believe. They had to be complicit in it, but what? Yeah, they probably got paid. That? Yeah, I guarantee you, they're probably like, "Here's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever." There's probably some stupid thing, or hey, we're gonna, um, we're gonna send a recruit your way. We're gonna, you know, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's some quid pro quos going on there. Hundred um, percent had to that's, be it's so weird. Yeah, that's insane. But I love this guy's effort. This guy probably deserves to be head coach. Wrote that incredible manifesto. Goes all out for the team. Just wants to help him win. Clearly has an effect. I mean, look at the record after he started doing this. I mean, this guy this guy should really be setting up shop everywhere. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I was doing. I was down there. I was actually sneaking into practice and trying to film Tyler Van Dyke throwing into zone coverage. How'd that work out? That was great. I mean, you know, they're used to no one being there, so they were like, oh, a fan. This is great.
0: <laughs> Somebody's watching our games. Oh, yes. man.
1: Yes. Uh, Speaking of, did you see the Duke Wake game? Uh, parts of it. I didn't watch to the end. I tuned in at the end. I didn't even realize we had, there was a game going on. And uh, they did some crowd shots, man. It was so pathetic. There must have been like 80 people there. Oh, I did see the crowd shot. Yeah. I mean how the hell does this always happen to us? Like right we play them at a night game, everyone's losing their mind. Their backup quarterback somehow hits this guy for a couple passes, then fast forward several weeks later, it's the second backup quarterback now and the star wide receiver's dropping passes left and right. I was and no one's there to watch. I was like, "Come on. How why why not us?" Man, killed me
0: <laughs> that's where duke seasons has gone at the moment right i think there's just a lot of
1: rejection oh, yeah. and now best thing that Leonard could ever out. happen yeah
0: i mean let's be real; they're not a real fan base they only care about basketball even then they have full you know 400 seat arena that whatever people think is great
1: honestly we should just ask, we should hope that they somehow lose out and louisville loses out and somehow we freak We freak our way into uh, a bunch of wins here, and all of a sudden we're into this in the championship game with uh, who knows who knows who our quarterback would be at that point. Evan, oh teaser! That's a tease. Teaser.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be real. And this is, and and I have have this conversation with James Henderson all the time. Is why do you think you're better than Duke? And I'll give you example A. There's nobody at the (laughs) stadium, and I know they don't generate the revenue that we do, and it just makes me yeah i hate losing to duke there's you should never lose to duke i don't care what statistics say and it's the same i feel the same thing with wake f them should beat them they're nothing nobody cares about them at least State has a fan base that cares well evan
1: you're gonna get your chances because there are partners again in crime in the uh, new schedules
0: it's true yeah uh we probably should talk about that new schedule coming out um and I really didn't mean to record a ten minute take on it, but I just life gets in the way.
1: It's all right. You can record an hour and a half take on it now.
0: Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, first of all, it's weird, and it's that's you know putting all the all that aside. The s- schedule next year seems extremely winnable. If Dave is really sticking around to get his last win, to get the record, he doesn't get it this year. He sure should is getting it next year because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. Once again, opportunity for NC State. I mean, I thought there was opportunity this year based on how the schedule set up. You know, are we going to capitalize on it next year? But that schedule is,
1: is interesting. Well, dude, um, if he doesn't get the record this year, I mean, <laughs> that is going to be a nuclear hot seat with, uh, <laughs> with Wake and, you know, I mean – VT has had a little bit of a run here, but I, I I expect them to probably lose this weekend, and they'll be a little bit more normal. But um, I I here's the thing, right? Like you look at those future schedules, I I actually don't mind it. I know as like a fan, it probably stinks because the the home games uh, on certain years are like really weak. But right. watching wins is also fun. So maybe counterpoint to that. But um, I think it kind of sets up just how it looks every other year. Like there are going to be some really good fighting chances for us if we can continue to maintain relative stability as a team. There's going to be definitely some opportunities to to win one year, um, or if you lose a bunch the next year, it's not it's not a death sentence. Um, but the odd, I think it was the odd years are going to be a little bit tougher. I'm looking at them right now. Like yeah, 2025 fsu gt unc vt duke miami Pitt wake but then the follow-up even year is cal duke louisville wake fsu unc stanford vt like so it gets a little bit easier um and i think we yeah. see clemson every other year basically still in 24
0: uh we got a couple of the new guys Carolina doesn't play any of the new members. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then in 25, we don't play any of the new members, which I also think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's just how the rotations break down. The one, I, the, one the one, team I'm concerned about next year will be SMU, because, my goodness, they have – Rhett Lassley has been putting up some points for that program. I mean, they just put a 66 burger on somebody that day, I'm like, oh, and they weren't even trying.
1: Yeah, I need to look. One of the teams, I thought, like, it almost looked like they were, like – FU, <laughs> and they just, like, smashed them. Yeah, um, Maybe it was Cal. Uh, yeah, Cal walks into Miami State, Stanford, Cuse, Florida State, Pitt, SMU, Wake, and then uh, it doesn't get much better for them, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, who cares? Cal, Cal should be like, they should just be like, you know what, you're the one that's definitely not bringing anything to the table. So, I mean, I hope they just decimate Cal into obliteration um, SMU definitely don't you think I, I feel like SMU out of all of these is probably the biggest winner if um, oh, if everything goes to plan right and um, I, I feel like they are gonna be a thorn later especially as the money starts coming back into them at the end of that contract but um, I'm not gonna really look too far ahead right because we've we looked into the 335 model right and saw all these projections for x amount of years of schedules and one year later (laughs) that's out the door so yeah you know something tells me we probably aren't going to see the schedules in 2029 is my guess
0: one of the things i wanted to i wanted to mention this is kind of unrelated but I i was talking about duke and wake forest my, my buddy Sam Jesse from Sons of Saturday Virginia Tech podcast tweeted out something last night during the Wake Duke game. I thought was <laughs> thought was interesting. Wake Forest is now going to finish five hundred or worse in in the ACC in eight of Clawson's nine seasons. Great coach, <laughs> <laughs> great system. Wild. That's wild to me. He had he pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes, and and like, even I think the program was. Okay, and his thinking scheme makes it difficult for, um, you know, difficult to defend when you have the players that can execute. But man, he is, um, he's got a few letdowns in there. I, I'm yeah. sure if you look look at it and you break it down like a lot of people do the NC State schedule, like, well, you had to play Clemson every year and you had to play Florida State every year, and yeah, you know, and
1: they were bad, so bad that. when he took them over. Um, yeah, so it kind of makes sense. But uh, hey, counterpoint. They've at least been to an ACC championship game. And a, yeah, and a New Year's Six Bowl, so. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing with Dave Clawson is they were able to scheme their way into relevance, um, but also they get the benefit just like Duke does, where if they underperform, it's kind of like, well, they're little old Wake Forest, as my stepbrother always says, and, um, you know, when they just put up a little bit of a fight or get a get an upset, that's a big deal to them. And they schedule the, I mean, as many wins as possible as you can in out of conference. Um, with how they with how they do their, their their four games there and how they sneak in like a P five game against Northwestern or Vanderbilt or whomever. So, you know, they make it easy. I think they've had like a pretty long streak of bowls if you care about that. And if and if you're them, they probably do because they want the money. Um. It'll be interesting, though. Like, do you think he's in line or consideration for Michigan State or something like that?
0: I think so. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, I know it's not the win the press conference hire everybody would look for, but, you know, the last couple of years he's had Wake in that position and it's definitely would have been a win the press conference hire. It's just, you Probably know, not. when you break it down like, like Sam did, it's just like, wow, that's – yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, James has been saying it for years, James Henderson. So, you know, he's he's always been like, "What a great gig." I would say if they hired him at Michigan State, um, he's probably not going to have a dick pic. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, probably as safe as it gets there is my guess. Um, You know, what's interesting is I actually was reading a random article. Uh, or press conference from them, and he was talking about how they just now are getting their NIL stuff set up and how they were having a real big problem last year, and they were asking him, well, if you had the NIL, would have uh, would Sam Hartman have stuck around? Could you have got A.T. Perry to stick around? And, uh, you know, he was saying it, you know, not having it really cost them, and maybe they could have kept those guys around. So, you know, it's um, – I just thought it was interesting just hearing another perspective from a small school where you're like, do you really need it? Are you really getting poached that hard? But uh, all I could think about was, I was like, you know, is Wesley Grimes doing okay down there? Like, (laughs) you know, can we maybe throw a tender to him? Um, Chicken tender? Yeah, chicken tender or, you know, a a tender with money in it. And um, (laughs) maybe we'll get a chance here. We'll, We'll... Maybe the coaches will uh, accidentally talk to him. Or they'll do what uh, what they did in the Beckham, um, the David Beckham documentary where uh, Zendine Zidane or whatever his name is was like, you come play with us. <laughs> and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> Lester Grimes says 16
0: for 299 and two touchdowns.
1: Brother, what if I told you? Now you got me interested. Hold on. Because I had the stats <laughs> up. Hold on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to our receiving column. Can you read that stat line one more time?
0: 16 receptions, 299 yards for, with two
1: touchdowns. He would be second on this team behind KC. Holy poop. The second, the Casey is at 42 receptions, 493 yards, six touchdowns. The next behind him is Terrell Timmons. Hey, maybe play him more. Uh, 10 receptions, 180 yards, zero touchdowns. Behind him, Bradley Rosner. Behind him, Julian Gray. Behind him, Trent Penix. Behind him, Keon Lusane, who leads the team in snaps. Um, must be nice. Must be nice to have that. all those wide receivers and a really shitty quarterback and somehow still, still have better stats than half of our group, or 80% of our group.
0: Jeez, that's he crazy. He is one, two, three, fourth on their
1: team in receptions. Oh, my God, you're killing me. <laughs> I totally is is about Micah him, Mays playing but... playing for them? I think that was the wide receiver they picked up last year. I don't see him on that the... we were after. Oh no, I yeah, don't see I see hope him on more than God. Wouldn't that be sweet if um Clausen left and then um Grimes and Mays were like, Oh hey, I see you guys suck uh, at wide receiver. Can I join? And uh Boy, wouldn't that be great. And maybe we can get that kid that went to Tennessee, too. What was his name? Oh, I'll have to go look that guy Laycock. up. Laycock. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily we'll get to play them next year because we are smart and schedule really good SEC teams. <laughs> uh, uh, What do we do on this podcast, Evan? Did we I talk about no, Miami? No, Laycock doesn't have any catches yet. He hasn't played. Oh, man, see? Check hasn't cleared. Come here. We'll pay you. Um, that should be our message.
0: <laughs> no joke. Bring that Tennessee playbook, too. Oh Man, I totally lost what I was trying to thought here. Um,
1: well, we were talking about schedules. We were talking about Duke. We were talking oh, yeah. about wake. Up wake. Yeah. We basically aren't talking about our opponent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we played Miami <laughs> this week, and I've watched a lot of Miami games. And I really don't know anything about them because I feel like they're so schizophrenic. Um, yeah, they have a bunch of talent. They run the ball and they play good defense. If Van Dyke is in, you know, Van Dyke was good early in the year, but then he's been hurt and then not good. And they've, you know, the Miami fans are down there calling for their third string kid now. What do you make of this Miami team and this game this weekend?
1: Um. So I, I was trying to just get the quick confirmation of what his actual injury is because i've heard lower body but then i'm looking at an ap article that he says he's been dealing with an injury to his right hand which is his throwing hand and he has been dealing with a leg injury the specifics of which have not been revealed um what was your question sorry i was looking that up and i forgot to listen (laughs) This is one of our better pods here. We got going. It is Friday uh, afternoon. You are lucky I have not popped open the whiskey. We are, we are close to being off the rails. <laughs>
0: what do you take for this Miami team and this oh, game on
1: Saturday? Well, I tell you what, I watched that Virginia game, and holy crap! <laughs> yeah. Um,. So I was listening to a podcast earlier this week and, of course, I do not have the stat right in front of me where I need it. Um, But basically, teams in ACC play have just been sitting back in zone coverage against him. And essentially, when, um, when they have not been in zone coverage, he's basically thrown for about 300 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And I think those two interceptions were against UNC. And then... When people have not blitzed him, if I'm smart and can figure out how to use this Twitter real fast, not blitzed, he's 53 of 85 for 468 yards, two touchdowns, five interceptions. Versus being blitzed, 22 of 30, 371 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Wildly different per attempt numbers there. Um, I can't do the math really fast, but let's see. 468 divided by 85 is 5. .5 yards per attempt. Um if that's like if that's real um and not just you know recent injury related, uh boy I would sit back and coverage. Because when you watch if you watch the Virginia game, um, he looks just completely lost when when everyone just sits back. And they were just rushing for and uh you could just see it. He was just holding the ball and being like, uh I actually don't know how to throw to anything other than a one-on-one uh, hot route basically and so you know then you go back and look at how we've decided to play him in 2021 I think is what it was they call that his official um, like launch party game where we made him look like a freaking rock star and then um, same thing with Derek King the year before it was just pressure 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 and, and they made us pay for it so I think the way you control at least Miami's offense is you sit back and you say, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have to pick me apart. And if you do, that's great. I don't think you're going to be efficient doing it. And I think you're going to make mistakes. Um, And then likewise, on defense, I don't know, control Ed Bain or whatever his name is. And... um. You know, just I, honestly, I would just do kind of like we did for Clemson. It's kind of the same game plan. They're going to try to pressure you. Um, it's kind of like facing Duke, Clemson, and Miami all in a row is kind of uh, you know, it's like training wheels for each game. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. i I think we will be a little a little snappier on offense uh, going into this game, but we're going to definitely. Still need the same playbook, we're gonna need some really big explosive plays, probably um unless this is finally the game where where m j starts becoming efficient because right beforehand, I think they said we're like ten of forty with m j. Morris in third downs. that's really bad um so yeah i'll I'll pause and let you expand upon that knowledge bomb I just dropped. <laughs>
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> we should we should not run blitz against them against Van Dyke. That is we we learned that lesson how many years ago was that game, two years ago that makes me cringe every time I think about it. Um, oh,
1: God. Remember when he was like, I don't know what's so special about this defense and we we're like, We're gonna fucking light this kid up. Yeah, and, and then he torches that so yeah, like second coming so Troy and back there. <laughs> that I still like
0: to this day get Miami fans commenting on the YouTube video that I put up <laughs> and they're like, I ah, see? I told you. I'm <laughs> like, gosh, it was three years ago or two
1: years ago. Get
0: over it. <sighs> was that
1: last year or the year before? Have we not learned? That was 21.
0: 21, okay.
1: Yeah, have we not learned? We should never, as a program, ever put any kind of video up before a game.
0: Yeah, true that.
1: But he did it, not us. I know. I did it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then he torched us. I was so mad. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, to me, the, the my biggest concern, one of the questions we had from uh, the folks was, do we have over 200 yards of total offense in this game? And I, I want to say yes, but my confidence level in that is not great because their defensive line is really good. And, like you said, Bain Jr. is unbelievable as for a true freshman. He just bulldozes people, and I just got a feeling he's going to terrorize our offensive line. And we need to, obviously, move away from him, and see how see what we can you know see how we can work or make his over pursuit pay between him and then I can't pronounce the other guy's name Magua, who's got 11 tackles for loss. I mean that is their front is tough, and you know. I felt okay going to the Clemson game because their offense is trash and I kind of knew what you were going to get because their offensive line is not good. I, I don't feel as great going into this Miami game because their defense is good. They have enough athletes that it's going to make it difficult for us. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, I don't have the same warm fuzzies that I had going to that Clemson game.
1: What's the weather Saturday night?
0: In Raleigh. Mm, Cole, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm going to
1: take... 35. Good luck, folks. uh, Starts at 56. By the end of the game, 50. Man, I was hoping it was just going to be just a smidge cooler. Those Miami boys can't handle the 50s. Um, I mean, Miami... Or, sorry, Virginia was able to put up... um, I think almost two thirty nine plus one thirty eight, so one seventy seven. No, sorry, three seventy seven. Um, I don't think this defense is not as good as Clemson's, Um, so they're beatable. But yeah, we just we just got to be smart, and it's kind of same game plan again. Like it's they're they're playing FSU the week after this, so as always, it's can Miami stay focused? It's on the road. They've had two back to back overtime games um you know at least our offense is going to be fresh because we only were on the field like 40 times last game uh the defense was a little bit more um yeah i think it's just simple you you cannot try to go like side to side and get cute on on these teams that have just speed on us so let's just see if we can um you know counter misdirect and go and you know i think uh I'm curious to see if Jordan Poole gets more run because I love the I like the idea of trying to put someone super physical like Jordan Poole on a bane. So maybe we're going to mm-hmm. have him more involved. Um, I'm not sure if... I don't know if Mims was injured last game or not. I, I don't really recall seeing him much in the film. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just think it's it's simple. Here's the thing. it's It's a night game. They may not be as motivated... And they have Mario Cristobal as their head coach. So, I think those are three things in our favor.
0: Yeah, you know, their last four games they've given up 23, 41, 20 points, 26 points. So, they give up points, right? Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, Carolina, Clemson, and Virginia. I mean, one of those is a competent offense. I'm not sure about the rest of them. But, again, I I don't know where we lie in that
1: that scale. Well, every other week Georgia Tech is a good offense you got to remember that because they lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like it's the same thing as last week. It's just do you click and get all three phases working well? You know, is this going to be a Friday night clunker like the Louisville game or is it going to be a Clemson game? You know, is Peyton Wilson healthy? Like those are the questions I would have. Yeah, I think, I think the environment – will
0: not let us you know throw out a clunker. I just think we do well at home, home environment, night game. All those things are playing in our favor. I still don't have a whole lot of warm fuzzies about it. I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. I watched that Virginia game and they did not feel comfortable at all letting that um uh, that other kid throw the ball. No. And you know, the end of the game they had a minute and 45 seconds left and they they went full Dave Dorn and took a knee. And the Miami, the few Miami fans that were there were like, what in the hell are you doing? (laughs) And you're like, zero confidence in it. And honestly, I thought they should have lost that game against Clemson based on just how that played out and the coaching decisions that they made and, you know, went to double overtime, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they're beatable. I just feel like they've got a bunch of talent and, you know, Carolina—they've only lost to Carolina and Georgia Tech, who both have confident, competent offense, offenses. And it's weird to say that about Georgia Tech, but yeah, I mean they've been running the ball well and doing things they yeah. need to
1: do. I think they like have like a surprising explosive rate, like per attempts, a big play rate versus what you would think for a team that is um, four and four in Georgia Tech. So. I mean, that's the thing is, like, does does MJ Morris, like, run the ball? Is, like, that final piece added to the puzzle? Because I feel like that's what's been missing, right? It just, it's kind of crazy. It seems like we're almost, like, intentionally not trying to have him involved in the ground game. Well, I don't think he's a great
0: runner. I mean, he's okay. He He can move a little bit. I don't think that's what you want him to do i i really believe like we talked about post clemson is that they need to continue to force it into the hands of the best players and i'm sorry mj is not one of the best players right now and i want them to do to take everything off of his shoulders and make it easy for him to get it to the hands of kc get it to hands of the other guys that that can make plays like that's Ant what Smith. I want to see. Take more shots to Ant Smith, get DPI. He should have two DPIs last week, right? We've been talking about it all season, yeah. and you know, starting to do it. But I, I want less on MJ shoulders because he's making a lot of mistakes, or maybe not making the right. I don't say the right mistakes because he's not turning the ball over like uh, Armstrong was. Yeah, but he's also not doing
1: a lot of the right things. Yeah, it feels like. It just feels like it's been drilled into him to, to not make a turn, just not have turnovers, like limit the dumb, and which is fine, but I just do wonder if that's making him kind of hesitate up or look off certain things that maybe in the past he would have just like let it rip, um, and that's why I keep saying it's like, you know, we have to we do we should if we're being fair factor in that you know, he came in rusty against Marshall. Then had to face Duke on the road. Then had to face Clemson. Like, you get through Miami and every all the other defenses on the schedule are going to look easier. Just, you know, yeah. just by the fact that you went through them, right? right. Um, and that's assuming he doesn't redshirt after this game.
0: Yeah, all right, so let, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's talk about this because I've been only vaguely paying attention to it and I know... The, the message boards have drummed this up. And, you know, we lost Mercy Felice, who's leaving, who was. I'm going to mess up his job roles. Well, he was like director of player personnel, and then he was a GM, and then got devoted back to some. You know, maybe the yeah. player personnel recruiting guy. Essentially the guy that scouts talent and organizes a roster. And, which is something we have not been good at since. Uh, Glasscock left to go to Texas and the guy before him who Drew, Drew Hughes, Hughes who was the one that uh, we want ballers that was his uh, that was his doing we had uh, Cullen Homoka who did a terrible job and then oh, god um, yeah they promoted Mercy in uh, internally I don't know a couple of years he, ago anyway you know he's th- out in mid-season which I think is weird yeah it's not you don't see much position movement like that mid-season and is it was it announced he's going to Maryland or was it yeah
1: it, it like came out today I think
0: okay so he's going to Maryland and the timing of that is weird but anyway so now there's rumors of MJ playing this game and then this will be his last game red shirting and then you know transferring or whatnot and MJ's mom tweeting things and yeah, just bunch of weird stuff. I assume mostly message board. My take on this is, I don't think Dave gives a crap if MJ's going to give you the best chance to play. He's not going to worry about MJ's red shirt unless he just flat out refuses to play, which is a whole different story.
1: Yeah, if he pulls a Houston and says, "I'm red and I'm transferring," yeah, which I guess like, is possible. But damn, that'd be weird for a starting quarterback, right? But how would you ever come back from that? Like, let's—I mean, you'd have to transfer, right? Because if you go well. Let's say he wins, right? Let's yeah. just make it an easy situation. He beats Miami. He's 3-1 and one as the quarterback. We're bowl eligible. We may be ACC championship uh, contending still. And he says, I'd like to red uh red shirt, please, and not play the rest of this season. Who in their right mind as a good football program is going to be like, I want that kind of player. Who's going to trust him? Yeah. Right? Like, how does that work out? Now, let's say he loses this game. Okay, well, now you're 2-2. Two and two. You beat Marshall. You beat Clemson. People are going to say you didn't do anything. KC did everything, uh, basically, in all of those games. So, what are you bringing into the portal? You had a little bit of a snap your first year. You got some interest from Auburn, supposedly. But now you just put out four pretty blah stack games. Again, like who's going to sign up for that? And again, they're gonna say, well, boy, it doesn't really look like he's I don't know. Like I feel like people are gonna be really burned after this last transfer cycle, right? On quarterback I mean, in particular. Like I just yeah, don't think but- he, I I personally would just find it a very confusing argument for his upside. It would make way more sense to just finish the season because frankly you could get injured next year and need that red shirt. So, like, I don't understand this concept of like this red shirt is so important.
0: Oh, well, the red shirts, the red shirts is ridiculous, but I guess it makes you a little more attractive because they have extra years. But I think it's all.
1: I mean, yeah, you can be like, hey, we're going to bring you in and you're going to red shirt like you were supposed to this year. Right. And I don't and know they what you just...
0: put on tape that people are going to wow about but at the same time if nc state were bringing in a guy who has shown some ability to win games that's i mean that's probably the fair way to put it because he's won some games he's coming he's come in and won last year and then again this year i'd be excited about it so i can see where people will get yeah you know there's upside here we can coach him up we can blah 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 so i don't i don't know if that If anybody's feeling burned by the portal.
1: Yeah. I think... Well, no. I think a lot of people are going to say, should we really be giving so much money to these guys? Like, I mean, I think there's... The quarterback portal is going to be really interesting. Like, if... Brennan Armstrong wasn't a surefire thing, right? He had some flags. So, MJ would have some flags, right? Yeah. The only person I could think of, right, would be like a, a Caleb Williams or someone like that, where you're like, that makes sense. Um... We'll throw yes, everything at that. I will take Williams. I will take Turtle. that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like That is a yeah. known thing, and like the only reason that would happen is if whatever, for whatever extenuating circumstance. So that's why I kind of sit here and just scratched my head this morning when I saw these takes flying off the shelf, because all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what? Maybe MJ isn't that good, and maybe Brennan Armstrong, you know, MJ would have probably lost us the UConn game. You know, maybe Brennan would have won this. Brennan wanted to, and it's like, okay, like you guys are already mentally preparing yourself for this outcome, which may not even happen. Um, you know, I, I just, if he did it, I would just be like, all right, dude, see ya. Um, yeah. I can't imagine anyone on the team would want to spend a fucking minute talking to you, buddy. So I would say pack the locker, get out, like, you know. If you're going to abandon the team like that to, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty quick uh See you later, buddy. Um, And then you better hope, like hell, that Brendan Armstrong stays healthy the rest of the year and nuts out a win for for you in that situation. Um, It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. It doesn't to me. It it doesn't mean it's not going to happen because, you know, what started as a message war rumor starting to hit my text messages and. Typically, when that happens, there's a little bit more fire to the smoke. So, I don't know. It would be – and and I'll say this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that if this is even a thing that's being discussed, right, even if it is maybe 20% real, you can understand why Dave would hang it up and why other coaches would hang it up when they're not that old. Right? Who wants to oh, deal I, with this nonsense? I, oh,
1: I would think it would... No. I mean, I think Dave would bench his ass. He, I, he wouldn't even play this game. Well, sure, think, but it's it's the thing... It's the stuff you're thinking about. It's...
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I just... It's just one more piece of BS that a head coach has to deal with. I,
1: you know, I think the thing is, is... It's not like it's money-related. He got taken care of this off season, So... If it's, well, we brought someone in and he turned out to be a selfish prick, um, well, I'm just not going to bring in a guy like that again, you know? Um, I think it's kind of easily handled that way. Um, it It would just be such a bizarre outcome. It would make more sense if it was the end of the year. We were not bowl eligible. It was like the last game. Even then, it wouldn't make that much sense, but it would make sense going into a bowl if he was like, you know, actually I feel like I'm going to transfer and I'm not going to play. And they'd be like, you know what? Cool. We're going to let Brennan play. if Brennan wants to, um, it just doesn't make any sense. And I just wonder if, I mean, maybe James heard something, but I also just wonder if James wrote that up in his column. Cause he's like, well, you know, technically he could redshirt if he wants to. And yeah. maybe it was just like a throwaway comment. And now it's, gained legs because if there's anything we're good at as fans, it's um, wringing our hands. And um, I, I always tell James he's King Troll. And, yeah,
0: but a lot of times he does it when you know, hey, it can happen or things can happen. He usually knows. Right, he usually knows. So sometimes it's coincidence. A lot of times it's not when these things get brought up. So I don't yeah.
1: Know. I hadn't asked him about it, so I really don't know. But honestly, it would be so gratifying of an experience to then have to see uh, the fans immediately be like, "Oh, we're not, we can't boo Brendan Armstrong anymore because um, apparently this other kid was the asshole the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, um, like I okay is is the argument? Let's let's game this out. Is the argument they're not letting me? Throw the ball into dangerous situations and and throw deep balls, so I'm going to leave even though we just beat Clemson, which is an achievement any year. I don't care right but what I don't would, know. What would I, be the I, argument
0: it's not playing time right because you're playing, but unless you don't like the system you're playing in maybe doesn't like a nine you know new got new offensive coordinator Wow. Maybe, was, you know, he has ties to somebody somewhere else. Who who
1: knows? Like, who
0: knows these days?
1: Yeah. I remember you know. Brennan Armstrong said that Ana- he hated Anai the first year or two that he was under him. And so I wonder if Anai just, like, really rubs these guys' uh, heart. Well, that boy, I got to be careful how I say that. Um, <laughs> really rubs these guys the wrong way to try to get the best out of them, kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, Brandon was like he appreciated him after the fact for it, but I think he said it, he was like I just hated him that first year. And yeah, I don't know. I just it just seems like such a weird thing. Oh, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna retain my red shirt. Pfft. Okay, see you, dude. Um, you played six games or seven games at that point in your career. Have have fun, but I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. This seems like just much to do about nothing. And um, people just speculating, yeah. But if it comes out, then it's just like, cool, man. Like you're dead to me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean he's replaceable. They're all replaceable. There's nobody. I think it's not. I mean, you're gonna bring in a guy from the portal to play quarterback this off season. Just get it right. That's all I'm asking. I don't get it right. I don't care who it is. Yeah, you didn't get it right this year. I get the risk, and it was calculated. You know, offensive coordinator higher, etc. It wasn't the right. He uh, wasn't the right guy.
1: So do better next did, time. You know what though? After this game, you could put Brennan Armstrong in. I bet he could win all those games. There, there's nothing scary after this game. Well, he's played at Virginia Tech Brennan, on the road. He's played yeah, at you let Brennan, how, you know, he,
0: Sorry. Let let Brennan do what MJ was doing, which is handing the ball to KC and getting the ball in. You know, in the space or or whatnot. Now he doesn't throw a good deep ball. MJ throws a pretty good deep ball. At least he was throwing it. You know, there's some different things, but you know they were letting MJ do things they were not letting uh, Brennan do. So if I agree, I think he could come back. You could simplify things. You could just freaking play the old Kentucky Wildcat offense and let him run. Yeah, or run some kind of option and be okay.
1: Just get all the guys who can play.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: And he would honestly, Brandon Armstrong would be- benefit from having the offensive line settled down like it has been the last few games. As as far as at least the bodies are back from injury, and I, I think w- when we had a competent offensive line, it didn't look like the first few games that Brandon was really like that. I think he had some unfortunate throws against Notre Dame, and you know just some. Like like we were kind of saying before, right? We just weren't hitting the easy button. Or we didn't know we had the easy button in KC to the degree we did. Um, so you could do that, and you add his ability to run. Like, yeah, I do think things actually work out fine. And if MJ doesn't want to stay here, then I'd rather the change be made for Miami. You know what I mean? Like, if someone's not invested going into this Miami week, then what are we... It doesn't serve us to to play him either. You know, so that's, I don't know. We don't have to worry about that because we know that would happen because the betting line would just, like, all of a sudden go crazy if uh, something like that was to occur. Uh, And I'm guessing it hasn't.
0: Right. Yeah, certainly. Um, Some of these other questions. Miami's listed as a favorite in this game at 6 on ESPN. Do you take the over, the under, or NC State for the win?
1: Has that come down? Must have come down a little bit. What did that open at? That was like seven or six and a half. Yeah, hold on a sec. Now I'm kind of a little curious. Miami, NC State odds. Yeah, I know this is what people love is hearing us do this. Um, <laughs> check Odds Shark, real quick. Uh, the spread, opening spread was minus four Miami. Now it's minus six Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe they know something, Evan. You said it opened at what? It opened at minus four, and it's at minus six now. I mean, people
0: are aware of our offense issues. Over-under
1: went down a point and a half.
0: What's the over-under? 44 now. Under. I'll take the under. I, I took the under in the Clemson game. That was easy. Even It was closer than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah. I'll take the under here. I'm thinking – I mean, I think we win this game. I I haven't seen anything special for Miami. Um, I think uh, Clemson – if uh, if Cade Klubnick doesn't um, YOLO that last play, I feel like one more overtime sequence uh, – is going and, and that game changes because all Miami could do was basically run the ball. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take us I'm going to say boy, what's what's that score got to be if it's 44 with a minus 6. What are they? 20, six. 26, 22. No, 20, 24
0: 18.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think we're gonna score like thirty-five points in this game. I think we're gonna show out. I think Miami's gonna be a little tired. I think they're gonna be looking ahead. I think it's gonna be a night game. The juice is gonna be flowing. Their quarterback's gonna make mistakes. Tony Gibson says, "I don't care about those zone stats," and he's gonna blitz every single play. And uh, he's gonna—they're gonna break Tyler Van Dyke in half by the second da- second quarter. Uh. Brendan Armstrong comes off uh, off the bench to start the game and we find out that MJ Morris is a terrible person and um, MJ or Brendan Armstrong throws for like 400 yards um, laughs at Bain as he um, stiff arms him and waltzes into the end zone uh, have I painted the picture yet? <laughs> <laughs> so when we lose this game 3 to um, 35 or whatever You guys can uh, remember how how high I was. (laughs) Take the under. That's what he's saying. Take the under. Even then Uh, in the loss, I just painted it, right? 38 points, yeah.
0: Yeah, take the under. I will take the under on on the rest of our games. I don't care what the spread is going to be. Just based on the fact that I don't know what our office is going to do week to week.
1: Yeah, that seems fair. How have the overs gone or over unders gone for us all season? Does he, has anyone tracked it? I'm sure somebody has. I have no idea. The ones I've been on have been under. Yeah, be curious to see what this over. I want to see what the lines are tomorrow. It's been yeah, it's been basically creeping up a point in a day, kind of is what's been doing. I
0: think the the in game props have been my new entertainment. You know, who's going to score yeah. touchdowns? It's oh, too dangerous. Over
1: under yardage. Uh, I
0: think we have a little bit inside there. I didn't expect Casey to blow out like he did last game, but, uh, you know, Delbert Mims getting a couple TDs is usually a good prop bet. That seems fair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Do we have over 200 yards of total offense in this game? Yes, I think actually. Again, I I think this is going to be a more – I think it's going to be a little bit of reversion back to to normal – It does seem, maybe just ACC has a bunch of bad quarterbacks and all that I'm seeing, but it really does seem like a lot of um, passing attacks have really regressed this year, um, stats-wise. It seems like I'm watching games and they're like, the quarterback has 250 yards and they're acting like it's 400 yards from a couple years ago. I'm curious if something's going on there schematically across the game.
0: What activities will is Will going to do on Saturday instead of watching the game? Bed, bath, and beyond, Home Depot. Will he have time?
1: I just don't know. If I have time. I just don't know. Um, <laughs> it sucks because that's the problem with APM games. I run out of chores by that time. Um, so, You'd be forced
0: the, to watch for boredom.
1: Yeah. Uh. The chore might be like, uh, can I, you know, how many ice cubes can I make? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh i'll watch this one live i'll ride or die with us uh the only way out would be if i can like watch a movie or something with my wife and even then i end up looking at the espn broadcast throughout the movie so that'll be ruined um but yeah we'll see i'm gonna try to fertilize the yard tomorrow you know that's that's my big goal tomorrow (laughs)
0: That's another great question. When we win, when we win the game due. This is so funny. When we win the game due to end of game mismanagement by Mario Cristobal, will Salty Dave flex on him in Spanish? Yo soy Salido Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read the rest of it. it? contra mi con, uh, I can't even pronounce that one. <laughs> My Spanish is
1: rusty. Don't uh, do his uh, life wallet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Dave will
0: be very contrite to Mario. He has no no beef with him. It'll be yeah. like
1: a hard fought game, two uh real physical teams. Um if now if Dave has a sense of humor, he's gonna say that was two championship caliber teams or whatever James Franklin said yeah. after the Ohio State game. Um Yeah. I think uh, no, I think uh Dave's gonna be just breathing a sigh of relief if he gets through this part of the schedule and have gone two and one Against Duke, Miami, and Clemson, I think he'll be probably he'll probably light up a cigar right then. Um, He should be thrilled. He'll be the opposite of Kyle Winham. He'll be like, "We care about bowls here."
0: (laughs) How can State exploit Miami's D? Is their D better than Clemson? Should the game plan be to down to to be down by three with a minute left and see if they take a knee? Um. I think you just like I said. Him. I think you, you got to get away from Bain. I think he is so disruptive, and don't make the offensive line try to pass block. That's that's where Miami's going to live. Uh, I think they're probably a comparable defense to Clemson's. I think Clemson's is probably better top to bottom and better organized. And clearly, by the you know point totals we just rattled off, you know Miami's given up some points to. You know, giving up points to Virginia and Clemson's offenses probably shouldn't be doing that. So I, I don't know. I think again, it's going to be. I just watch that kid, man. He's so fun to watch. He's just powerful, and he is going to be. He's going to be disruptive. And we're gonna we're gonna need the defense
1: to score. I just got a feeling that's one of those things that's going to happen. Definitely. So definitely got to win the turnover margin. This is definitely a turnover margin game. Um what I would say, what I noticed with Virginia is the second they got a first down, they would do hurry up, and it was really effective um, early on against uh, Miami. And so I would just take advantage of it. You know, if you are going to have those big bulky dudes or a guy like Bain and those who have probably got logged a lot of snaps in the last two weeks and haven't had the bye week um, to refresh, you know, between these games, um, I would just this, this would be a great game, I think. For, for tempo, assuming you can get a first down and and get it moving. But I would love to see us try to take advantage of that. Um, again, I think Clemson, before we played them, was averaging like 15 yards – or sorry, 15 points per game before overtime. And so it looks like uh, Miami right now is 28th in the country, uh, 20 points a game. Um, Clemson dropped down to 21 for reference after playing us. So I think it's going to be kind of similar. I think it really is going to come down to, can you limit their defense from making explosive plays and living in the backfield? Because we had, Clemson I think had like eight tackles for loss or eight sacks. I can't remember what it was from last game. Right. But they were, there was a ton of pressure in the backfield. And so, and we had, we did too. But I guess what I would say is like, so far I haven't, Really, seen MJ completely melt back there, and I do think that if Tyler Van Dyke is off or if they put in a backup quarterback, I think that's going to bode very well for us. But, um, you know, again, it's just can we fight our tendencies? I I don't know. I mean, we could go out there and blitz like hell, and it pays off the whole t- whole game. But it just really seems like there's a known quantity. With defensive coordinators across the ACC in three games, having just sat back in coverage and Tyler Van Dyke just completely looking clueless, that I really hope we try to do the same thing. Um, but you know, knowing us, we're going to let those wide receivers get ISO on us and do something silly. Is my guess, but yeah, I'm not.
0: I'm still not worried about that. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess if they do, all right. If they if. If we we're too aggressive, I guess that's my concern, like you already said. Yeah. I'm there, not um, worried about I, – I just rarely am I worried about another team's wide receivers taking advantage of us. We just hadn't seen that all year. It's just other parts of the game that have been, you know, in flux. Yeah,
1: it it all works as long as we don't let up a big run, right? And that's why I'm yeah. saying, like, it's important to have Peyton Wilson back. I hope he's back for this game obviously because the defense did look a little different without him but um i think tony's answer at the end of the game was like well we'll just be aggressive if that's what if we're not going to have him so that'll be good to see again special teams is gonna be interesting their kicker and our kicker very good season so far um so you know just keep an eye on that you know i just i think it's gonna be a really physical game i think this is a Unfortunately, this is like one of those coaches, like with those BC games and others, where it's like I guarantee you, Dave and them are going to just have a hard on trying to out physical this team instead of just, you know, finesse finesse your way around them. I mean, I think Tez Walker really went off against Miami. So again, can can KC be that guy and just be explosive? because yeah. If Clemson had any pulse on offense, they probably would have won that game without a problem. Right. I think actually they went up Agreed. maybe like two scores to start that game too. Yeah. So yeah, I think Miami may, I'm not going to say paper tiger. Right. But I, they may be less formidable than, than you'd think. And we just need to play a queen game. I really hope we, um, I really like, I like that we huddled last game and I kind of hope we do the same thing. Cause it seemed like the offensive line in particular benefited from that. So I don't know. Yeah. Just take what you did last game and keep hitting the button. Well,
0: there we have it, folks. We did an hour about the Miami Hurricanes. God, we were so close
1: <laughs> fifty four minutes, fifty five minutes. Oh no, we're under. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah,
0: we're under. Yeah, we're under. Of course, uh, naturally. I got hey. nothing else. I, uh, this it'll be fun. It'll be it's every game. Game's a roller coaster with us right now, and I can't tell you anybody knows what to expect. Other than Casey's really good, and he'll probably do good things. So. That's my yeah. that's my analysis and watch Bane cuz I that kid I watched that Bane kid and I don't think it was, maybe it was Clemson he straight power cleaned a kid and just tossed him out of the way and I'm like holy poop he is and he's a freshman unbelievable yeah, that's unbelievable.
1: that's what's crazy yeah uh, he's probably on roids yeah
0: <clears throat> probably
1: that's right I said it I
0: said it rude all right folks that's all I got as always thanks for listening uh, probably won't be a space after the game it's probably too late unless we do something insane one way or the other but uh, we'll be talking about it in the pod chat we will be watching it I'm sure uh, as always thanks for listening thanks for supporting the pack go check out the positive early in the week uh, they're not really time sensitive one is basketball related Matt Coe is back and you know the Clemson post game was more about us and Dave and everybody else so if you haven't listened already which I'm sure you have go back and check them out but thanks for supporting us. Go back.
1: Go back. Hello, good.